I have no proof of this. I just feel in my gut, reading about uh, Dylan Roof, uh, that he knew enough about the process uh, that he was going through to look up and study the history of Emmanuel uh, AME Church. He found enough about Emmanuel Church to um, uh, know that it was among the most historic black, black churches in not just Charles, but in the country. So he set out to, as he said, start a race war by going at the history of the black religion. If he knows enough about the history of the church, he, he probably knows enough about the, the rules of getting a gun. So that's what we're trying to approach here. Extending that to 10 days, we think, uh, gives more time uh, for the officials to uh, do the research that they need. U.S. Congressman James Clyburn sponsored what's come to be known as the Charleston loophole. It's the process that allows a gun to be sold to a person after three days at the discretion of the gun seller if the FBI has not completed a background check. Because if you look at Dylan Roof, they found the error. But it was outside the three days, but it was within 10 days. Dylan Roof, a self-professed white supremacist, murdered nine people at Emanuel AME Church in Charleston in June of 2015 after buying a gun, though he was ineligible because of his criminal background. In March of 2021, the U.S. House passed the extended background check. Representative Clyburn says the U.S. Senate passing it would give federal authorities more time to gather information about a potential gun buyer. If someone is a criminal, and they have a criminal mind, and they want to carry out a crime, they figure out ways to beat the system. And 10 days not be, may not be enough. Uh, but I would like to know, what is the urgency about getting a gun? If you're a hunter, and if you believe in recreational shooting, is it going to violate if you got to wait 10 days or 30 days to get a gun? What is the urgency of getting a gun? That is a stupid argument if you say uh, that you want the gun for hunting purposes uh, or you want the gun for recreational purposes, but you've got to have it within uh, three days, uh, uh, even if you are on the other to get it. Come on. What about the argument about the Second Amendment right to self-protection, that if I want a gun within um, a certain amount of time that I should be able to have it? Same argument applies. So your Second Amendment rights go away uh, unless you're going to have it in, in three days. Everybody put limitations on the First Amendment. So why can you you, you can have limitations on the First Amendment uh, and not have any on the Second Amendment? What is so sacred about the Second Amendment that you, there cannot be limits on Second Amendment rights? We can close the loopholes in our background check system, including the Charleston loophole. That's one of the best tools we have right now to prevent gun violence. The Senate should immediately pass. Let me say it again. The United States Senate, I hope some are listening, should immediately pass the two House pass bills that close loopholes in the background check system. This is not and should not be a partisan issue. This is an American issue. It will save lives, American lives. Congressman Clyburn, it was a pivotal moment during the Biden campaign when you stood alongside him days before the South Carolina primary, stressing what you believe he brought to the campaign. What connection did you help him make with potential voters? 
was a connection left by my late wife. My wife passed away about six months before uh, that uh, endorsement. Uh, she told me that she thought that if Democrats wanted to win, our best bet would be to nominate Joe Biden. And in spite of the fact that there were people telling me uh, that uh, uh, it was a stupid thing to do, that he had no chance of winning, now people are looking back on it saying that he was the only Democrat who had a chance to win. So once again, Emily England Clyburn prevailed. Emily and I met during my first incarceration at, uh, in Orangeburg. On March 15, 1960, students at South Carolina State and Claflin College organized to desegregate the lunch counter at a Crest store. The peaceful protests resulted in more than 400 people being arrested. A young Jim Clyburn was among them. And the students who did not get locked up went back to the campus and brought food to the jail. Uh, she came toward me with a, little, with a hamburger in her hands. I reached for the hamburger. Uh, she took it back, broke it in half. Gave me half of the hamburger, she ate the other half, and I uh, was so grateful for that half hamburger. I, uh, I married her 18 months later. <laughs> so I thought that was the chance until our 10th wedding anniversary, and that's when she told me the rest of the story. She had been standing in her dormitory room one day with her roommate and saw me walking across the campus with a young lady I was dating at the time, and she told her roommate. Uh, that they did not make a good couple, that, that I was going to be her husband. And she um, set out her plan with Bobby Doctor in cahoots, and um, that's how it happened. Well, that is an amazing story, and once again, this Emily's predictions proved correct. That's quite true. To administer the presidential oath to the next president of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. I remember watching uh, the inauguration happen, and it was so easy to spot you because of your red South Carolina State University ball cap. Is that important for you to always represent South Carolina State in that way? Yes, it was very important to me. You know, uh, several years ago, a state official, who's still in office, by the way, made a comment uh, that uh, bothered me tremendously. He and a bunch of legislators set out to close South Carolina State. They felt uh, that it served no useful purpose. And they said a lot of derogatory things about state. And one of the things he said, I'll never forget, the only people who, who go to that school are people who can't go anywhere else. Now, it may not have bothered anybody else. But it bothered me. Uh, one of the reasons it bothered me is because I don't know if he's correct when it comes to me or not, because I never applied anywhere else. I never wanted to go anywhere else. I started going on South Carolina State's campus when I was a pre-teenager, and that's the only place I wanted to go to school. And South Carolina State has a tremendous reputation, uh, going all the way back to its founding. Benny Mays, uh, who was... Martin Luther King Jr.'s pastor finished high school right there at South Carolina State. And I can go down through history. Uh, South Carolina State produced more uh, general officers, more African-American general officers than 
uh, any other school in this country. That was true for a long, long time. That was true when I first got to Congress. I have no idea if it's true today uh, because school has been intentionally underfunded by the state of South Carolina for a long time. That has changed now. I was on the phone uh, two weeks ago with Senator Hugh Letterman, and he said to me, I'm chairman of the Finance Committee, and they will never close South Carolina State on my watch, and we are going to be do right by that school. Fifteen terms as a U.S. congressman, you are always a history teacher. What do you want South Carolinians to know is most pressing to you right now as far as legislation? So broadband is my number one issue today. I think broadband to the 21st century can be what electricity was to the 20th century. I don't know if anybody would argue with the fact uh, that electricity is what changed the fortunes of rural uh, America. Broadband will change the fortunes of rural America like nothing else. It will give us uh, the effective delivery of health care that we need. You cannot deliver health care effectively unless you've got uh, telemedicine and uh, telehealth. Uh, you cannot have education effective, effective unless you've got online learning. You cannot do business effectively in today's world without uh, the Internet. But if you look at my overall service in the Congress, I've already told my children I will be meeting with them again tonight. Uh, and I've said to them, uh, there are two things I want you to remember. Number one, the first time you see or hear anything in me that says I need to come home and get out of public life, I need you all to tell me. But number two, when I'm no longer here, I want on my tombstone he did his best to make the greatness of America accessible and affordable for all. And I will reinforce that at dinner tonight. Well, I hope it is a most pleasant dinner. This has been a most pleasant afternoon with you, U.S. Congressman James Clyburn. I certainly wish you well, and I appreciate you speaking with me. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Carolyn Murray. Let's Talk is produced by David Dixon. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe, write a review, and tell your friends about it. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye until the next time.